I'll let you do the intro this time. Okay, you can do the introductions. Welcome to the first ever live story video. Yep. Where me and my Baba will read his poem and go over it. Yep. So. All right. So the title of the poem is Blue Roses. And I wrote this around the time of the Uvalde shooting, the school shooting. And it deals with um, my thoughts and emotions after the school shooting. So let's get into it. Okay. There's a new gardener in the rose garden. Maybe it's the old man himself. With all the mist in my eyes, I cannot tell. There's a new gardener in the rose garden. He prunes and rose petals fall to the ground. The roses are pretty. They take your breath away. Roses white, roses red, roses yellow, kissed by the sun. Roses every color beneath the big blue sky. Like wool from the sheep, he snips and he shears. Big scissors pruning the tiniest of petals. Every semi cleans until all the earth is a bed of rose petals. And on every stem, only the thorns remain. Okay, so the beginning of this poem talks about there's a new gardener in the rose garden. So two questions. Who is the gardener and what's the rose garden? In my mind, when I was thinking about this, the rose garden, I think of it as Imagine we had a big community garden where we grew all kinds of things. Maybe in a part of the garden, we grew carrots. Another part, we grew onions. Another part, we grew green beans. But in the same garden, we had a, a big area section just set apart for growing roses. And it says, you know, the first line says, there's a new gardener in the rose garden. And I'm thinking about the gardener represents time. And the roses represents children. So over time, and for me as a parent, I can imagine that like when you were born and the doctor you know, put you in my arms for the first time, I looked at you and I said, well, this is the most beautiful girl child in the world. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but imagine all the other parents in the world. That's why I say, you know, in this garden, there's a big patch, just a big section that's just devoted to all kinds of roses. Red, white, yellow, pink, any any color of rose that you can think of. Like parents all over the world, whether you are white or black, African, Asian, European, it doesn't matter. When we get a newborn child placed in our hands and we see that child for the first time or even the second or third time, we all think this is the perfect child. And that's why the, the, the Garden of Roses is a metaphor 
come to my mind here because children are all beautiful. But in this moment, something has happened. If the gardener represents time, something has happened to where in this moment in time, the gardener is not being kind to the children. Time has changed. Something has dramatically changed to where those beautiful roses are not welcome in that garden anymore. Here. The gardener tends carefully to these thorns. He gives each new thorn a name. He knows it from when it was a bud. When the petals die on the ground and their beauty is trampled under his heavy feet, the thorns grow bigger and sharper, more terrible to behold with each passing day. The gardener bestows on us beautiful backwoods of... Bouquets. Yeah. The gardener bestows on us beautiful bouquets of thorns. Bushes so stunning we forget what colors the roses were. From near and far, we all come to behold. Weary and bent over from sadness and sorrow, we each receive a bushel of thistles and thorns. We water them with our tears. We clutch them in our raised, bleeding fists. The thorns cut deep. Our voices cry out from deep inside our bleeding hearts. The roses are dead. All the beautiful petals are trampled on the ground. Let us beat ourselves with these bouquets of thorns and do penance ourselves for our sorrow is great. So in this section, in my mind, what I see the image is when a new child is born, you know, we call each other, we call the grandparents, hey, it's a boy, it's a girl. You know, the aunties and the uncles, they come over, you know, the great aunties and great uncles, <laughs> you know, they come over, you know, close friends. When I, when I was growing up in Zimbabwe, I even went, you know, one of my sisters had, had a child in the hospital and, and I wanted to see the baby. So, you know, I told the people that I was the baby's father because fathers can go in at any time. You don't have to wait <laughs> for the visiting time. <laughs> so me and my brothers, I have two brothers and they did the same thing. They went into the hospital and said, oh. yeah, I'm the father. So we could just go in and see the baby. But the difference is we talk more about these tragedies. That's what the headlines are. You know, when we're talking about the gardener bestows on us beautiful bouquets of thorns, bushes are stunning, we forget what color the roses were. The headlines are not so much about how well the children are doing, how many healthy babies were born last year, how many are doing so well in life in school. No. Individually, yes, we can celebrate those things. But as a community, if you turn on the TV, the story that you hear about children the most is about tragedy. It's so much sorrow related to children's stories than 
the good times related to the children's accomplishments. And there's an exclamation in there that says, the roses are dead. If, and I haven't done this, but I imagine if you Google stories that have to do with children year over year, most likely the stories that are going to show up first are the stories that have to do with the bad things that happen to children. And that is such a sad thing to reflect on, that we're living in a world in such a time that the biggest story about children is the most terrible story about children. Who shall put an end to this horror? Where shall we go and hide our faces from the evil gardener? Roses grew not well in this garden. We must watch over them now by day and by night. No one trusts the gardener anymore. He prunes and he smashes every petal from every rose. Yet every day his garden grows. I think he waters it with our pain and our sorrow. Mixes it with the blood from our raised fists and watches every day as our grief reaches to the heaven above. The gardener has shaped us a new misery. There is no shadow of hope in our hearts. We are defeated and we have left our senses behind. We feel nothing at last and we can't even taste the air. With each rose he cuts down, the earth is run over with decay, bloodied petals floating in streams of tears, bloodied hands grasping and searching this river of pain. Have you seen the petals that match my beautiful rose? Everyone is searching and finding not. So, have you seen the petals that match my beautiful rose? It's such, to me, at this point, it's the lowest, lowest point that a parent can get to. When you look at a situation whereby we say we must watch over our children by day and by night, no one trusts the gardener anymore. We, 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 we've We've gotten to a point where myself, when I talk about the way I grew up, I talk about I used to play with my friends on the streets. I've told you guys the stories in the you know some of our podcast episodes, and I talk about we used to play soccer. And we could be gone until it was night time to come and, and come back home. And I know that I'm not the only one who says that. Generations before mine, they talk about the same things. Oh, kids, back in the day, you know, all we needed was this stick and this whatever thing, and we could make a kite and we could do all sorts of things. And the sad part is that it's true. You guys, we live in a safe neighborhood. You play outside a lot. You guys ride your bikes and... You play games with some of the kids on the street. But I am not 
very comfortable with you guys playing out in the front yard as much. It's it's sad because I remember the fun that I had growing up and my parents saying, just go play. And somehow I cannot do that for you guys. We are, as, as parents, we have become these, um, these drones. We are, we're always constantly hovering. Like, if it's been a few minutes, I'm asking your mom, have you seen the kids? Are they safe? Do you know where they are? And she may say, yeah, they're playing outside with so-and-so, and yes, they're safe. But I cannot let that feeling go. I'm constantly checking up because there's so much insecurity in the time that we're living in. Who shall rescue us from the judgment of this generation? When will the roses fill the sun and the air again? Maybe I should talk about this part. So I've talked about how my parents raised me and how my memories are filled with me and my friends and my cousins and my siblings playing. And here I am actively taking those things away from you guys because I'm so afraid of what could happen. How are you guys going to remember? When you look back, are you guys going to feel protected? So who shall rescue us from the judgment of this generation? I feel like your generation and the children around your, your age group as you get older, are you going to look back and feel protected by what we are doing? Or are you going to look back with condemnation and ask us why we didn't do a better job of creating a better environment for you guys to grow up? Is the gardener at fault pretending to this garden from Com? Columbine to Sandy Hook, from Stoneman Douglas to Uvalde. The gardener has broken us all. The gardener knows just what we long for. Red, white, and yellow roses with the best silky soft petals. But blue roses are what the gardener wants to grow. Blue rose with big, sharp, thorny stems. The unlikely preferred blossom for this enlightened generation. Maybe I should talk about this as well. You know, the gardener knows just what we long for. And, you know, I talked about how every parent, when they have, when they receive that, their child in their hands and hold that baby for the first time, they're like, oh, this is such a beautiful child. It doesn't matter what color the child is. But here, it's almost like but blue roses are what the gardener wants to grow. It's, it's like the opposite. You know, the color blue in my mind, I think we talked about it before, when people talk about the blues, like that music, the blues, it's not hip-hop. It's not the most you know, joyful and joyous. When people talk about feeling blue, they're not talking about, oh, I was on like the best time of my life. It's talking about sadness. 
what has happened? How can we explain the change in the time that we're living in to where the moment that should be the most joyous at the same time fills us with the biggest worries? You cannot just receive a child and be like, oh, I'm so happy. I have a new baby boy. Because you go home, if you have a TV or the internet, you turn that on, and the next thing you see is at this school, at this park, in this neighborhood, a child, something terrible happened. And that's kind of the thought here, that time has given us something that we don't want the unlikely preferred blossom for this enlightened generation. And the enlightened generation to me is the twisted part. You would think that in the day and time we live in, we are so enlightened. We have so much technology, so much information that everything should be better and safer. But unfortunately, it's almost the opposite. We are too busy to tend to our own gardens. No one sees the sunrise, and nobody knows the sunset. This the gardener knows all too well. In his garden, the sun neither sets nor rises. Broken hearts and hopeless spirits are its rising and falling. Yet this garden only grows. Tomorrow there will be le- Tomorrow there will be more roses to prune. A lot more roses to sharpen, more welling in the streets, more tears to water the earth. Again, it's just a sign of hopelessness. I don't see these things getting better. As we have more and more children, naturally, it's almost like the equation says you're guaranteed more and more tears, more blood. Like we work so much harder to keep advancing ourselves, but we don't invest as much time in making sure that you know the lives of the children get better. But I alone have a secret that I must that I might share, for I now know the mystery of this world, the key to good life. My heart has found something worth living for, a thing more precious than my own dear life. I have planted a garden of my own. It faces to the east where hope rises with the morning sun and rests in the west with the dusk when stars come out shining. I tend to my own garden with a song for every bright and blossoming flower. I have named each rose in my garden. I shall not lay to waste any of their purpose. My rose garden is my sanctuary and the crown of my heritage. Bloom for me, bloom, beautiful rose of mine. Bloom before me, and the gardener shall not pluck you out from my strong and powerful hand. Drink in the sunrise and strengthen your petals while I shield you with my love. Dance into the sunset and make my heart proud with the sound of your merrymaking. Beautiful roses of my youth, Beautiful roses, so rare. A beautiful field of roses that covers my whole heart. 
So this is my closing to the poem. My heart has found something worth living for. I have found a secret that I might share, for I now know the mystery of this world, the key to a good life. Myself, and I think a lot of parents will agree, that you get to a point where living your life is not just about you. I know we have careers. When you're young, you think about, when I grow up, I'm going to be a doctor, an engineer, a teacher, whatever whatever you want to be. Then you grow up and you start working on those things, and then you meet someone, you get married, and you have a family. And at some point, you have to decide, what is the purpose of my life now? And I think for me, the purpose is to make sure that I give my children, you guys, you and your brothers, the best chance at the life of your dreams. I have done everything I can for myself, with the help of my parents, obviously. I've received a good education. I work hard. Um, I have a career that I enjoy. But all of that now must take a step back. So everything that I do should be about you. And I think to me, it's not something that you, you can make other parents do. You cannot make other people do. But as a parent, what am I willing to do to make sure that Time alone does not dictate. Like, I cannot blame time. I cannot blame, like, oh, it's just the days we live in. I cannot, I should not be able to say that. I am responsible to a large degree for how you guys, your lives end up. So that's, to me, that's like the secret. Am I willing to put my life on the line for you? The answer is yes. Am I willing to shield you from things that could harm you. Like, you know, if my love is the shield, but am I willing to put you guys ahead of some other interest? And it's not a political thing. It's not a cultural thing. I think it's just at some point as a parent, I just have to ask, okay, what am I willing to do here? I cannot keep blaming society. I cannot keep blaming the world around me. But there has to be something that I am willing to do to consider your future because I am already living my future, my dreams. But what am I willing to do to make it easy for your generation to live and enjoy their dreams? So that's the poem. That's Blue Roses. And in all of its, I don't know, whatever it is. Story. So, thoughts. What are your thoughts? What do you think about this poem? Uh, I love it. Okay, what do you love about it? Just um, your honest thoughts. It's beautiful. I guess 
I'd be able to explain what I think about it if I read it more and thought on it more. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing I don't like about it that I can think of. If I had not explained it to you and you just read it for yourself, what what would you have thought about? Like, what, what do you think the message behind it was? Would, was or is? Would you have come away with the same ideas that I just explained? Or would you have come back thinking, I don't know where this guy in our forces is? <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done it to, well, I wouldn't have thought that was what it would mean. Hmm. But I don't think I'd be completely close. I think I'd make up my own meaning to it probably. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's been fun doing this one with you. I think we should do more of these. Mm, definitely. We can do some of the ones that you are writing and have written and put them out there for others to enjoy. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on our very first poetry reading and discussion. This has been an episode of Life Story Podcast <laughs> no. Poetry Poetry Edition. I don't think we should call it podcast <laughs> poetry edition because it's a video, not a podcast. Well, I don't know. Well, so what should we call it then? A video. The Life Story Video Podcast Poetry Edition. No podcast. It has a podcast. It's going to be a podcast. So it's part of the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be part of the podcast. Well, thanks for joining. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoyed. We'll see you on the next one. Adios. What? Adios. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so.